0: You guys may be seated. So as Pastor Dave mentioned, uh, we are starting our new series today called God's Story, where we together as a church are going to walk through the biblical narrative. But I want to start off by sharing with you a little bit about my story, because we're going to call some things out today today. And it just helps if you know that I'm in this with you, okay? So biblical illiteracy is a part of my story. It's, it's something that I wrestled through it, along my journey. I was raised in the church, never walked away from my faith. But Bible reading was not really a part of my rhythm. I mean, I went to Bible studies and I had devotional books you know that I would read and I would I would occasionally sit down with my bible but it wasn't a part of my normal way. And then in about my mid to late 20s I went through this bible study called Seamless that helped to show this seamless thread that wove through the story of God to show God's consistent character throughout it. And what it did for me is it made me realize that this is one story. It helped me understand the, the different people within the story and how it's all connected. And so from then on, it, it made me feel equipped to read my Bible. And so I would dig in and I would, I would get you know, excited to get to, to read my Bible, but then I would be left feeling overwhelmed. I wouldn't know where to start. I mean, I knew so much of the components of it, but it was still so intimidating to me. And so I'd go to my Bible app, and I'd be like, well, I'm just gonna find a, a study that's gonna help me along the way. And like a half an hour later, I'm still scrolling because there's just so many that, again, it was overwhelming. And I wanted to know God's Word, but it just felt so hard. And I, and I know that, that I'm not the only one that's struggled with this because a LifeWay research study found that 45% of those who regularly attend church say they read their Bible maybe once a week. 40% of people who attend church say they read their Bible rarely, maybe once a month. One in five, one in five churchgoers say they never read their Bible at all. And yet 61% of people say that they wish that they read their Bibles more. What's ironic is that we live in a time where there's more access and help to read God's word than ever before. We've got endless translations, and we've got study Bibles and commentaries. We've got the Bible on our phone. We've got it in audio so you can just listen to it. But then we have all of these devotionals and all of these Bible studies and all of these resources that are meant to help us, but I can't help but wonder if it's actually added to our problem in some way. See, when we enable people too much, they stop doing the work for themselves. It's really easy to sort of settle. But I know for me, when I pushed through that and I dug in and I began to read God's word daily and take it in and let it wash over me, everything changed. I was empowered and confident and I came to know God in a deep and intimate way. But too many Christians, too many of God's followers are still in the place that I was back then. And so I'm passionate about this and I'm excited and I'm expectant for what God wants to do through this series. Because let's just be honest, the Bible is difficult to read. It's got these endless ancestries and lists of numbers. It's got these weird names, stories that seem like they don't have any point. It's not written in narrative form. It's not written chronologically. It's not written in a cultural context that we're familiar with. And so reading the Bible is difficult. And as a result, we find God's people in an interesting place. We have this small few that commit, that read God's word daily, that know it and study it and meditate on it. I have a friend whose Bible is literally being held together with duct tape. And, and, and scripture just flows out of her as she speaks, like it's part of her language. But I think the majority of God's followers are in a different place. They're in this place that's sort of comfortable, where daily reading God's word is not a part of their life. You know, they have that devotional book that they read the one scripture and then read how somebody else has interpreted it or impact, or have been impacted by it. Maybe it's not even a book, maybe it's just that email that comes through every day. Or the verse that pops up on the screen on your phone. And we, we, we check the box and, and we, move, we move on. We don't know. Too many believers don't know what they're missing. We, we get tricked into thinking, well, we have the big concepts down. I mean, yeah, we get the gist of it, but we don't know it. Can you confidently say that you know the seamless story of God's word? We are so conditioned by our culture to be too busy to read God's word when really we're busier than God ever intended us to be. Because reading God's word is always meant to be our foundation. And then what happens is we have people that, that are new in their relationship with God. And so they turn to God's word. But it's intimidating. They're left feeling stupid and inadequate. They must be missing something. And the sad thing is, is they don't have veteran believers coming around them, helping them learn how to read God's word so that they can be confident because they don't actually know. So as a result, we're left with a generation of Christians who do not read their Bibles and as a result, do not know God's story. Now, I'm not saying any of this to condemn, or to place shame. I'm saying this this morning to invite you. To invite you in to a journey to overcome this statistic. Because what happens when we don't know God's story is that we don't actually trust God. We don't actually reflect God. Our priorities get all out of whack. And we actually begin to tell a tainted story to those around us. See, when we don't know God's word in in fullness and truth, we begin to slide. We begin to, to live and look a lot more like the rest of the world than a people who are set apart. When we're not reading God's word, where we are reminded of who he is and what he does, then we stop claiming him in those moments when we're in need and when we're in desperation because our faith is weak. Romans 10:17 says that faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. As, as this story, as God's word washes over us, reminding us of this story, our faith becomes stronger. The other thing that happens when we don't confidently know God's word is that our prayers feel awkward. Like we enter into prayer and we come before God, but we're not really sure what to say. Like we're trying to throw this. Can I claim this? I, is this what I'm supposed to pray right now? We don't, we don't know what words we're, we're supposed to pray, and so we come, but we don't come confidently. We don't come equipped. And then when various situations in life come before us, we feel lost. We're not sure what to do. We want to do the, the godly thing, but, but we just don't know what that is. And this actually happened with some of the religious leaders that approached Jesus with a question like that. And this is what Jesus' response was in Matthew twenty two twenty nine. 29. He said, your problem is that you don't know the scriptures, And you don't know the power of God. In other words, he's saying God has provided the direction that you seek. But you don't actually know the scriptures. See, when we're not rooted in God's word, then our decisions in life get influenced more by our emotions than about what God would lead us to. And so we have all of these voices in the world that are, that are throwing things at us, screaming things at us, trying to convince us. And we don't have the right words to respond with. And so we just get sucked in. Sucked into what the world is throwing at us. We're not able to remain strong in what God calls us to do. The psalmist says in Psalm 119, nine, how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? How do you expect me to stay pure in this world? How do you expect me to not get involved with that? How do you expect me to really do this by guarding ourselves according to God's word? And if God's word is our sword in spiritual battle, as it says that it is in Ephesians 6, 17, then what happens is when the battle begins to wage against us, and we don't know God's word, then we are just wide open for attack. And we find ourselves scrambling, trying to throw the ones that we do know at it, but we're not confident in the authority that we can possess as God's children. Because that confidence comes from knowing God's word. And if we don't read the story of God, then then we don't actually know what it looks like to live a holy life. And as a result, we end up letting a lot of compromise into our lives. Again, we end up settling for a version of God's story when we don't know it in fullness and in truth. And honestly, this is what I see happening in the church today. The church has become a people that bend with the wind, that that buys into these half-truths. See, Satan is a deceiver and he imitates God. And so he's trying to pull us into this false narrative. Not one where we reject God altogether. No, 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 we're too smart for that. But one that defies him. One that perverts his truth. One that convinces us that we are strong on our own. One that, that t- tells us just how old-fashioned so much of this really is. See, when I look at the church today, I see a lot of people that look more like the rest of the world than a people who are set apart. A people on mission to see the, the lost saved. There's a lot of commingling going on because we're being led by our emotions and not God's word. And it walks us into these places of anxiety and depression and confusion and addiction when God is saying, no, no, no. The way is right here for you. See, we're not supposed to be this group of people that goes out into the world and just tells them all the sinful things that they're doing. No, What we're called to is to go out into all the world and tell them God's story. To tell them where we have found ourselves in that story. To tell them our testimony and then invite them to join. To leave their old life behind and experience this new life in Christ. That is what we are to go out and tell. Tell people the story of God. Because this is a story of redemption. It is a story of radical pursuit. It's a story of a loving God who gives us direction on how to live holy and set apart. Dependent on him and him alone that we may experience peace and rest and blessing. It's a story that despite our humanity, Our selfishness and our control and our failures, God never gives up on us. His mercy is endless. His compassion is constantly renewed, and His ways are perfect. See, God's story is our story, and it's a story that we are called to go and retell. It is a story that is meant to save lives and to redeem God's creation. See, God's plan has always been to use his people to bring redemption into the world. See, in the, in the Old Testament, in Exodus 19, 6, God has freed the Israelites out of Egypt and, and he establishes them as a people. And he says to them that, that you are to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. In other words, you're to live set apart. You're to live the way that I intended people to live, to worship me and me alone. And it's by you living this way that the rest of the world will come to see that this is the way they are to live, that God and God alone is the one true God. And so he gives them these instructions on how to live this life. And he tells them to study them, meditate on them, pass them on to their children. And he reminds them over and over how critical it is that they not stray away from it. Not only will it allow impurity to come in, which is just going to spread like wildfire, but it will also defame God to the rest of the world. And so, of course, we we read throughout the Old Testament how how God's people did not study, meditate, and pass these instructions on to their children, but instead they kept getting swayed by the world around them. And so their reality over and over was destruction and brokenness. But then, in the New Testament, Jesus comes. And see, what Jesus did is he took care of everything that kept the Israelites from being able to live this godly way. To experience God in fullness. He came and he became the sacrifice that covered all sins for all people, past, present, and future. See, the Israelites, they had to bring sacrifices every time they sinned. Every time they sinned, they carried the weight of that. They felt the weight of their sin until they brought this sacrifice. But Jesus came, and he took care of it. Every sacrifice that could ever be needed has been taken care of in Jesus. So that weight, that condemnation, and that shame that can keep us in our sinful behaviors. What's the point? I can't do this. I'll never, this is not. All of those things that the Israelites carried, we don't have to anymore, which means when we mess up, we can get right back up and go again because our, our sins have been forgiven. And beyond that, he sends the Holy Spirit to empower us, to give us the strength that we need to be these, the people God has created us to be. Give us the strength that we need to resist the temptation of what's going on in the world. Give us the strength we need to remain on this narrow road. And beyond that, he actually comes and he sanctifies us, refines us into these people people who God intended us to be, his original intent for us. And this price that Jesus paid, this this way that he made for us is no longer just for this select people because God's power is available to all people now, to all people, to be able to experience what it means to live the way God intended us to live and to experience God in fullness. And so this is the story that we are called to tell. This has always been what God has called of his people to be, go, and tell. Be who God called us to be. Go out into the world and tell them the story of God. And so with this role to play as God's people, it is through reading his word that we become equipped to be able to accomplish it. Reading God's word enables us to play the role in his story that we are called to play. And it does this in several ways, but I just want to focus in on three this morning. The first one is that knowing the story of God helps us to know God's character. If you've been around our church at all in the last three or so years, you could likely articulate the first part of our vision here, that at Church on the Hill, we are all about helping people know God. Knowing God is the foundation of the Christian life. And we have this privilege to worship a God who makes himself known to us in words that we can read, that we can can meditate and study and memorize. See, in these pages, we find account after account of who our God is. We see that he is a God who is always faithful to his promises. We see that he is quick to forgive and to redeem. We see that he responds to intercession. He comforts the brokenhearted. We see that he's constantly looking for somebody faithful amongst his people who he can rise up to lead out among them. See, when we read God's story, the seamless story, and we don't just pick out parts from here and there, read individual scriptures, but when we know the seamless story of God's word, we see his consistency. We see that he does the same things over and over and over. He is always constant, always dependable. He has always been a God of love and mercy and he always will be. He has always been a God who protects his children and he always will be. He has also always been a God who calls his people to obedience and he always will be. A God who continues to lay before them everything they need to accomplish this. And so what happens when we, when we read the story of God and we come to know him and his consistent character, well, it's then that we trust him, that we are overwhelmed by who he is, that he is God and he chose me. We finally become aware of how big God is and how small we are. We have this fear and reverence for this holy creator who chooses to love us because God has always been radically loving his people. And so when we come to know him, that's when we truly worship him with our whole self, We follow him. We give him everything because we are overcome by how worthy he is. And we trust him because consistent behavior is what allows us to trust. See, what may be the worst part about biblical illiteracy is not that we miss out on knowledge, but it's that we miss out on God, on knowing God. He speaks to us through his word. We see how he responds to his people. We we see what what he desires and expects from his people. We see this beautiful conjunction between his limited wrath and his unending love. When we read God's word, we come to know God. If you had a friend that you never spent time to, you never listened to them, you never never really talked to them, you didn't hear their heart, you didn't hear their story, you couldn't actually say that you know them. Spending time with God by reading his story is how we come to know him. And it's by knowing God that we find freedom, that we experience transformation, that we genuinely encounter all that God is for us. So if we don't know God's story, can we really say that we know God? And then the second thing that reading God's story does for us is it allows us to find ourselves within the story. See, this is a story about God and people, of which we are all one of. When we read through this story, we learn what it means to be the people of God. Romans fifteen four says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instructions, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. See, we see in this story how people have responded to God over thousands of years, we see their, their disobedience and their weaknesses as they're tempted by what the world around them is doing. We see their, their selfishness and their control when God doesn't move the way they think he should or, or when He think they think he should and how they turn to other vices. See, in God's story, in essence, we can learn from people's mistakes. We can find direction both through the instruction here but also through the testimony of the people that we read in these accounts. In this story, we learn how to live. We discover how to handle the different emotions and situations that we face in life. See, we've always been people who learn from those around us. We learn from people's mistakes. We're inspired by people's successes. It's how we determine how to move forward in life. When I was in fifth grade, my uncle died of a heroin overdose. And so I knew from that moment on, I was never going to get wrapped up in that sort of thing. When I got married, There were certain things that that I wanted to bring into my marriage that I had seen modeled in others, and there were things I for sure did not. Same with parenting. We look to what others have done, what has worked for them and what hasn't, to determine how we are to move forward. And so as we work to establish ourselves as God followers, we have this beautiful lengthy register of accounts to learn from to learn from people's mistakes, but to also learn from their victories, to see what happens when God's people are faithful, when they worship him alone, when they turn away from the ways of the world and they trust God. From this story, we can can use it as our guide. It's not meant to be just some historical book. It is meant to guide us Through this life. And then the third thing that knowing God's story does for us is it causes us to remember. As we read God's word daily, we are reminded who He is. We're reminded what He calls us to. We're reminded of His promises. We're reminded of His laws. We're reminded of His grace god has always called his people to remember in fact the word remember is in the bible approximately 160 times why because there is a battle being waged against our minds constantly our adversary is trying to get us off course But in 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, it tells us that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, Satan knows that everything we need to live the godly life, to trust in God alone, to experience his power and blessing is in the scriptures. And this is what we have to be so keenly aware of because he is working tirelessly to make sure that God's followers don't actually know them. But when we commit to reading God's word daily, studying it, meditating on it, memorizing it, we become people who remember who never forget the good things that god has done for us who never forget god's promises for us we become people who are confident we become people who rise up in truth yes god's story can be intimidating and it can be confusing And I'll go ahead and say it, it can be boring. It just is, at times. But it doesn't have to be. Which is why we here at Church on the Hill have decided that we're gonna bust through that statistic. And we are going to become a people who know God's story. We are going to become people who are confident in the word of God. We are going to become people who read God's word, our guide, our source of strength. Last summer, Pastor Dave and I were doing some sermon planning, and we both just felt this heavy conviction that we have got to help people feel more more equipped, that that all of those lies and all of those difficulties that that keep people in the dark, we gotta bust it wide open. And so that's why we decided to do this series. And so we are very excited and very expectant because we have been praying into this for a year now. So I just want to explain to you quickly what you can expect from this series. There are three things that we're going to do to help you really see and learn the seamless thread that goes from creation to Jesus and how that thread continues to weave in to your story today. And the first way is through our Sunday sermons. So we're gonna work our way through God's story. Obviously, we can't hit on every scripture or every part of that story, but what we're going to do is we're gonna highlight some of the main points that helps us see this seamless story that helps us see how these people are connected and see what God has been doing all along. That we will begin to see this consistency of God's character. And then what we're going to do is on Wednesday nights here in the sanctuary, from 6.30 to eight, we're gonna offer a class. And this class is going to take the Sunday message and go a little bit deeper. Help us understand a little bit more about what was going on in this part of the story. Help us become more confident in how to read our study notes. How to maybe use some commentary. And the cool thing about this is that these classes are going to be taught by eight different people from within our congregation who are gifted with the ability to teach God's word. We have retired pastors and religion professors and people who have just committed to studying and knowing God's word. And so they are going to play their role for us by teaching these classes. And then the third way is through our small groups. And it's in your small group that you are gonna take your Bible and you're gonna read. You're gonna read the portion of scripture that we're on for that week. We're gonna put out a reading plan so everybody will have it. And you're just, you're gonna read and you're gonna talk. Sit around with the people in your small group and just talk about what did God say to you? What did it made you think about? What questions did you have? What did your study notes bring to light? How do you understand God's character in a better way? Sitting around with other believers Just talking about God's Word. We believe that through this series, we are going to become a confident people who know and understand and love the Word of God. Because honestly, this is not an option. Those of us who call ourselves God's followers have to know His Word. We have a role to play. Again, this story that we're talking about is still being written. This is simply our time right now to play our role within it, to be God's people, to go into the world and tell them this story. Tell them this beautiful story of God and tell them where you found yourself in that story so that you can invite them to join in with. Because it is through us as God's people who hold fast to his word and who model it to the rest of the world that God will redeem his creation. It's through our sacrificial love and our obedience, the way that we choose to live set apart from the rest of the world to pursue holiness to live servant-hearted. It's through seeing God's people hold fast to his promises and believe for his miracles that turn and trust in him alone, that, that the lost will experience God through us, that God's story will come alive for them. Because there is no question that our world is falling further and further away from God's plan for creation. But I think we need to be honest and admit that a big part of that is because God's people, his very plan for redemption, don't actually know him. God's word is not what's lighting our path. As it is supposed to, we read in Psalm one nineteen one oh five that it says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. See, Jesus commanded us to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. How are we supposed to invite someone in to this story and teach them everything God has commanded if we don't actually know it? In fullness and in truth. The reality is that our complacency, our busyness, our excuses impacts the eternities of people around us. And yet God says, no, 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 no. I gave you everything you need I know it's complex, I know it's confusing, but just trust me, this word is alive and if we will commit to reading it and learning it and studying it, we will become overwhelmed by who this God is. We will be empowered and we will be confident and we will be able to play the role that God has called us to play to be, go, and tell this incredible story to the lost.